winning the 2019 Rugby World Cup was a miraculous effort from the Springboks. In this video, you are going to get a front row seat to a retrospective review. I will recount how the Springboks went from tatters to triumph. Let's get started. In 2016, Alistair Kutsia replaced Heineke Meyer as the Springbok coach. The team was fairly similar to the one we had seen at the World Cup the year before, but for one or two retirements. But it was not a great first year for coach Kutsia. We lost at home against Ireland for the first time, although to the credit of the box, they did turn it around and win the series 2-1. South Africa were beaten in each of their three away rugby championship matches and the tournament culminated with us being pumped 57-15 by New Zealand in Durban. On the end of year tour, we lost to England comfortably, Italy for the first time and Wales as well. Four wins out of 12. But I think it's worth mentioning that I personally think that Alistair Kutsia was set up to fail they appointed him really late in his first year, and he wasn't given the coaching support staff that he wanted. Many people also blamed assistant coach Mzwandile Stick for the losses. That's important, as you'll see later in this video. In 2017, Adrian Strauss had retired, and Kutsia appointed Warren Whiteley as the new Springbok captain. Kutsia had also been given different assistant coaches, and the year started well. We whipped France 3-0 and then beat Argentina home and away to start the rugby championship on a positive note. The next result was a draw against the Wallabies in Australia. That's actually quite good when you consider how regularly we lose down under. So a draw for coach Kutsia, not that bad. But unfortunately, the wheels came off really, really badly the following week. We were annihilated, 57-0 by the All Blacks, our heaviest ever defeat, and the New Zealand media even proclaimed that the rivalry between the two sides was dead. Now let's be honest, you can't really come back from something like that, can you? Even though we then drew against Australia again at home and ran the All Blacks really, really close at Newlands 25-24 with Malcolm Marks putting in a beast of a performance, it was probably too late for Coach Kutsia. We went overseas and got murdered by Ireland 38-3 before beating Italy, which was nice to avenge the defeat from the previous year, and then we saw off France by a single point. But the writing was on the wall. Alistair Kutsia was sacked. Rassi Erasmus answered the SOS. Rassi's first test in charge was against Wales in Washington DC. Quite a curious choice of venue, it must be said. And Rassi selected a largely second string side, a lot of debutants, a lot of inexperience, and the Welsh managed to beat us in the American capital. But it's fair to say that the Rassi era really started the following week against England. We would play a three-test match series against them, and Sia Colisi was our new captain. We were able to overcome Eddie Jones' men 2-1 in that series. Next up was the Rugby Championship, which started with a win against Argentina before losing to the Argentines in South America. The box then lost to the Wallabies in Australia, and Rassi Erasmus actually told the players that he was seriously thinking about resigning. He said that no Springbok coach should lose three in a row. Well, he had lost to the Pumas, he had lost to the Aussies, and next up, it couldn't really be any tougher. New Zealand in New Zealand. And the Springboks pulled off a memorable win, 
36-34, it was the highest points conceded ever by New Zealand on home soil. And what a win it was for the Springboks, a famous and memorable moment in our history. We came home and beat the Wallabies before losing to the All Blacks in Pretoria, a test match we really should have won. The Kiwis scored two tries right at the end to beat us, but we would learn from that experience. Do you really know your rugby? Do you always get your predictions right? Why not make some money then? Open an account right now with Tic Tac Bets and get up to 2,000 Rand and 20 spins with your first deposit. The link is appearing on your screen and I'll also put it in the description area. Please note that this is an affiliate link and I will make a little commission on it. Winners know when to stop. National Responsible Gambling Program. Toll free helpline 0800 006 008. No persons under the age of 18 years are permitted to gamble. There's something else that I think is worth pointing out at the moment. The Springbok team that was doing duty under Russi Rasmus looked very different from the side we had seen under Alistair Kutsir. Now the reason for that is because Russi had decided, or maybe he had told SA Rugby how it was going to be, that we were going to select overseas-based Springboks going forward. Which in my opinion is exactly the way it should be. Why? Well, if you look at other professional sports, and that's the key word, professional. Let's look at football, for example. Guys, can you imagine a scenario where Argentina turned around and said, we're not going to pick Lionel Messi because he plays his club football in the United States? No, of course not. They would never say that. No one would ever say that because it is absurd. Rugby is also a professional sport. And therefore, let the best players play in the best leagues. The best leagues are the ones where they pay the best salaries. South African rugby cannot compete with that because the RAND. And those players who are based overseas also bring that intelligence that they've gathered in those other countries back with them to South Africa. It's what Russi and Jacques Ninaber have come to call IP, intellectual property. And that IP, or intelligence as I call it, then gets distributed among the rest of the squad, including the players who are playing here in South Africa at home, who can then go to their franchises, provinces, clubs even, and distribute that information to boot. It is a win-win situation. Now, I mentioned that we should have beaten the All Blacks in Pretoria, and we didn't. But a year later, we went to New Zealand, and this time we drew against them. That meant that Russi beat them in 2018, drew against them in 2019 in New Zealand. And that also meant that we would go on and win the Rugby Championship that year. The first time we did this in 10 years. And that is also very important. Why? Because it built confidence. It was all part of the plan. Get confidence from winning a trophy before the Rugby World Cup. A nice timely boost. We would be the team going into that Rugby World Cup that had most recently won a trophy. But it is also worth mentioning that no team had ever won the Rugby Championship and the World Cup in the same year. So we would have to create a little bit of history in Japan. And the tournament started disappointingly as we went down to New Zealand. We probably made two mistakes in the entire match and the All Blacks, being the All Blacks, pounced and took advantage on both occasions to go and score tries. We were beaten 23-13. Another little bit of history that the Springboks were going to create, guys. No team had ever lost in the pool stage of the tournament and gone on to win the World Cup. Could we do that? Well, we recovered nicely enough to beat Namibia, Italy and Canada to at least finish second in the pool and advance to the quarterfinals. 
The Canadian win was marked by a Kurbis Reinach hat-trick and one of my favorite commentary pieces ever. This one courtesy of Dallin Stanford when he said, Kurbis Reinach, he's more dangerous than climate change. Love it. In the quarterfinal, we were going to take on Japan. Now on paper, that might seem like an easy match, but don't be fooled. The Japanese were in red-hot form on home soil. It was their World Cup, they were hosting for the first time, their objective was to reach the quarterfinals, and they had done exactly that. But no doubt, Jamie Joseph and his men were aiming to go a little bit further than that. They were very impressive in the pool stages, it must be said. An upset win over Ireland, the first time they had ever beaten the Irish, was followed by an upset win over Scotland, the first time they had beaten the Scots. And they topped their pool the first time that had ever happened at the Rugby World Cup. And then don't forget that they also beat the Springboks in Brighton at the previous tournament. So there's no ways that we can say that the Springboks were the outright favourites to win this quarterfinal. I'm sure we were the favourites, but we had to be on guard against this dangerous Japanese side. And the first half proved to be a tough, tough, titanic tussle. We were only 5-3 ahead at the break. But guys, the one thing that is true about South African rugby, and indeed the Springboks, is that even if the score is 5-3, that doesn't mean that we are not in control. We were dominating the Japanese up front, and they couldn't really handle that physical pressure up until the moment where the mental pressure also could no longer be contained, and we broke away and eventually won the match 26-3. A good, good win for the Springboks, who moved on to a semi-final against Wales. Hey, if you're enjoying this video, why not consider becoming a patron? You can click on my Patreon link, I'll put it on the screen as well as in the description box, and there will be great benefits for members. Now, I wouldn't go so far as to suggest that Japan were the favourites against us going into the quarters, but I do think we have to admit that Wales started the semi-final as the favourites against the Springboks. Yes, we were the rugby championship winners, they were the Six Nations champions, but they had beaten us four times in a row coming into that match. I think it's also fair to say that in terms of progress, the Welsh were probably peaking under coach Warren Gatland at that stage, whereas Russi Erasmus's project was still not in its infancy, but in its early phases, I think it's fair to say that. But no matter, the Springboks were again at their brutal best, and we beat the Dragons 19-16 to move on to the final. Truth be told, it was not a pleasant match to watch, but we did what needed to be done. England would be our opponents. They emphatically defeated the All Blacks in their semi-final. A match which probably could have gone either way because England were a top side at the stage and New Zealand are perennially one of the top teams. But the English completely outplayed the All Blacks that day. It was an excellent performance on the part of Eddie Jones's men and they rightly won that match. 19-7? Quite frankly, it could have been 29-7 and nobody would have blinked. England would start the Rugby World Cup final against the Springboks as the favourites. But the Springboks saved their best for last. The final saw South Africa putting their best performance of the entire tournament and arguably the best performance we had seen from them in the Russi Erasmus era. We dominated every aspect of play. And at around the three minute mark, we won a scrum penalty against the English. And I will never forget Tendai, the beast, Mutawarira, scrumming Dan Cole, 
mercilessly into the ground. It was a joy to behold. And I'll never forget this either. I turned to my wife at that moment and I told her, we are going to win. I'd also like to just point out at this moment that before the tournament began, I told my wife that I had a funny feeling we were going to win and she laughed at me. Now, shortly after the half hour mark, England attacked with ferocity. They were on our try line and we had to do everything to stop them. But that Springbok brick wall defense proved its efficiency and its effectiveness. There was no way through for England, who at one stage played as many as 26 phases, but they just could not penetrate that impenetrable Springbok defense. That period of play lasted for about two minutes, although it felt like it was going on for 20 minutes, it must be said. Believe me, when a team is throwing everything at you in that fashion, it feels like it goes on for eternity. And then in the second half, the camel's back broke. Makazole Mapimpi scoring the first ever try by a Springbok in the Rugby World Cup final. That made the score 25-12, and it was pretty much a done deal. But wouldn't it be nice if we could score another one? Well, that's what Cheslin Colby thought as he slalomed his way past Owen Farrell and two other English defenders to go and score a famous try. And I will never forget the words of commentator Sean Maloney. Cheslin Colby, Cheslin Colby, South Africa, the World Cup is theirs. Damn straight. The World Cup was indeed ours. We were the first team to win the Rugby Championship and the Rugby World Cup in the same year. We were also the first team to lose a pool match and go all the way and win the Rugby World Cup. Very satisfying indeed. Oh, and by the way, Nzwandile Stick was the Springbok backline coach at that tournament. Not bad at all. It brought tears to my eyes when Sia Colisi in his post-match interview said that yes, South Africa is a country that has its problems and its challenges, but if we all work together and if we all stick together, we can overcome these. The Springboks overcame the disaster of 2016 and 17 by sticking together and working together. Russi Rasmus proved himself to be a genius of a coach. And the 2019 Rugby World Cup victory will forever remain special in all our hearts. See you next time.